0: Ooh, she's a princess, and she's a butterfly, ooh, 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 Stay tuned for more about the show with the catchiest theme songs.
1: Good day and welcome to Writers Get Animated, a podcast about storytelling, animation, and things that are a little weird and a little wild. I'm Chris Leva And I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And today we're discussing... Star versus the forces of evil. I don't know why I said it that way. <laughs> I just I went with it. Um yes, today we're discussing Star versus the forces of evil, um which is now just started and is m- in its mid, possibly close to the end of its final season depending on when you're listening to this. Yeah. It might be over. S- you never know. <laughs> it might be done. Um so goodbye Star. I'm not ready to say goodbye yet actually.
0: Yeah. I this is a show that we talked about way back in episode 2 of this podcast. We're oh talking gosh. about new shows at the time. Um and we watched some and I didn't keep up with the first like season and a half very well, but then somewhere around the middle of season 2 like I just started watching and that's every new episode I'm watching. I never went back mm. and finished all the first ones,
1: but what's really interesting is I'm the opposite. I was totally in it and I I watched all the first season and then it went away and I couldn't get back on, but I loved the ride. I just couldn't get back on it. Um I did catch one of the longer extended ones where stuff happened and things broke and yeah. That could be any or, of them. There was like a there was like a missing piece of the wand at the very end you realize there's a missing piece. Oh yeah, I think that might be mid season 2 maybe. I think it's mid season yeah. 2. I think I watched all of season 1 and then that episode. And then now I'm back. And I've watched all of season 4. <laughs> so far, that's been currently released. So you're missing a lot of those key elements from season two and three. Yeah, yeah. And um, I watched the first episode of season four. Um, I didn't even get to the episode yet. It was just the opening credits to the the theme music. And I was sitting there going, I've missed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> just from watching the opening song, I'm like, I I think I've missed a lot. I think a lot's happened. there are things that i have no idea what's going on like they're the laser puppies puppies with laser eyes i remember but most everything else i'm like i don't some something's going on it's a dense show in the best ways yeah i mean that very much in the best
0: way it's i feel like watching season four so far it's surprisingly taken the turn where you might go like three or four story episodes without, like,
1: returning to your titular character. <laughs> yeah. Um, my wife, Rochelle, today, I, we watched, like, three episodes. And she's like, is this show still about Star? <laughs> I was like, ouch, yeah, yes. And the forces of evil. Yeah, it's about both of them, like... <laughs> I was just like, oh, my gosh, just give it time. You haven't watched the other 12 that I've watched, which were very star heavy. And you just happened to watch two of them that were not star heavy. So um, before we get too far into season four, um, let's just start a little bit about for those poor souls who haven't watched any Star versus The Forces of Evil Um, being in our spoiler free zone, can we talk a little bit about what is star versus the forces of evil and why people should be watching
0: it? Uh, yes, yes. I would love to talk about it. Um, it is, I'm going to say we'd love to talk about, but I can't find the words to describe it. It's just too unique. Um, (laughs) (laughs) that's why I gave it to you. Thank you. Hand off. I did find a quote from Darren Nefsey uh, in some other interview, not that we conducted with her. I would love to, Darren. Um, Open invitation, of course. But she said, I always loved animation and wanted to create a television sh- a television show since I was a little girl. It's been my focus and goal since the fourth grade. I wanted to create a show that would feel special and stick with kids until adulthood. You remember the shows that you love as a kid forever. They will influence you and your worldview. I take that responsibility with great importance. Star has everything in it that I wanted to see in American cartoons, but didn't have as a kid. A strong female lead who makes mistakes, comedy that also has real human emotions and characters that feel real in a world full of magic. Mm. So, Adarin could
1: describe her own show much better than I could, surprisingly. (laughs) (laughs) That's everything. Um, Star versus the Forces of Evil is about... A princess, Princess Star Butterfly, who has magical powers, lives in a dimension, and is able to move from one dimension to another, and hilarity and tragedy ensue. Yeah. I think the first season's a little bit of like a
0: main character bait and switch, because it seems like Star is the intruder in the dramatic action of Marco, but I think the show is much more about
1: Star. Yeah. We need Marco in that very first season, because Marco Diaz, who's one of my favorite characters, I think I talked about how much I loved Marco the first time we talked about Star versus the forces of evil. Um, That's another thing my wife was like, where's Marco? What happened to Marco? Like, where's, I'm just like, I don't just, just hang on, just hang on. But um, I love that Marco existed for many different reasons. But um, he, like other shows, when you have something that's really outlandish, he is the center that draws the viewer in. And then once he's done his job as, hey, I'm something for you to relate to so you can just understand the rules of this world, and now he's as wacky as everybody else. Mm -hmm. He doesn't need to be the grounding force. The grounding force is now the emotion of the characters. Yeah, he's he's had
0: too much time in this wacky world that like... I, I too have missed the, the backstory at some point of the abs dimension where Marco goes and has like a, a bike <laughs> and is like 35. Yeah, the, uh, the dragon cycle. Yeah, I love, I love it. I live for Star's reaction to it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know that whole episode was just star reacting to things like and then him sp- he's like I spent a year in the wilderness like just <laughs> it's just amazing. Oh my god, I stole the sword. Like it's just ridiculous. <laughs> but not but not ridiculous. Here, here's what I what I love about the show just as a general thing. It has ridiculous outlandish things. But that doesn't mean that the characters themselves are outlandish in terms of their emotion, they're perfectly grounded and make decisions based on emotion and their experience, and it's really grounded and feels authentic emotional-wise and character-wise. Yeah. I never feel like that, that it's making a reach emotional-wise. It might make a reach because the world is ridiculous and silly. But it's but it's never the character emotion that's making it silly.
0: They are ridiculous characters in realistic situations. Yes. I don't want to get into spoiler zone too much right now, but there is a season four episode called Cornball. Um, and they kind of set up so you can see the resolution a mile away and how it's going to end. But the show subverts that by ultimately not solving anything because the problem they have in the episode is so complex and so big and so rooted both in the world of the show. And I think reality that you can't solve it in an 11 minute short. And the show is not afraid to say we can't solve this, but here's a little
1: bit of hope that shows you maybe in the future they can. Mm. I, I can't wait to discuss that. I had to binge those three episodes today cause I saw your notes and I was like, what, what episode is this? And, <laughs> I haven't seen that. What, what is this? (laughs) So I binged it and watched it. I've seen all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I really, I forgot how much I missed having this show. I was, I honestly was really, I I don't know. it, It was far too long. Like, like Ludo, was still a big villain, and now Star doesn't need a wand, and, but I, I'm... Time out. I, I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that's all. Sorry. That's no, you're fine, I'm just happy. I wanna say, like,
0: we're now entering the spoiler zone, if you didn't guess
1: already, so Chris I'm can sorry, say I everything I he's missed. I, I didn't mean to to jump in the spoiler zone so, so quickly. I know we usually spend some more time um, or <laughs> talk here. about the final season of a show? We're going to get into spoiler zone. I know. Here we here we go. Um, but I, I love the quote that you found from Darren Neffsy because she talks about a strong female character who a strong female lead who makes mistakes. And I was one of the things that I loved about season four was okay, the main character is failing <laughs> and making mistakes and. They're trying to do the right thing, but they're not getting it right. And I was like, this is really revolutionary that we're spending a whole season based on the um, aftermath of uh, bad character choices. Mm-hmm. Or presumably bad character choices. Failure and mistakes. You can't in one 11-minute episode
0: learn how to improve on mistakes you've made in the past. It's a whole season
1: it's a whole show's worth of emotional storytelling and it seems like the history of Muni is built on people making mistakes and so Star is trying to bring about justice in that sense and put things back the way they should be to undo other people's mistakes while that being seen as a mistake yeah which is so complicated and wonderful, just in and of itself. Um, I think I, I did go back and watch the final, epi- not that it helped. Um, I watched the final episode of season three or the final two episodes, just to figure out what was most recently going on. And it sort of helped, but not, not really. It's like every half season or so, they have like a very plot heavy episode where a
0: lot of stuff changes. All the alliances change. Cool stuff happens. There's always a big action sequence. Um, I, Yeah.
1: Hmm. I bet that helped a little bit. <clears throat> it did. It It <laughs> gave me just enough that I felt like, okay, I see where we're starting for this new journey. And if it's important, they'll fill things in. And if they don't, well, that's fine. I'll just... along for the ride and then i'll watch it again um my son jack who is six and three quarters six and a half i don't yeah six and a half (laughs) he is six and a half um and he caught a couple of the episodes and he was asking if we could watch more he's like are there is there more are there new ones and it's like well yeah, there's a lot more. So I just have to find it because it's not on the Disney Now app. Boo. <clears throat> yeah, Jack's like the
0: perfect age for this right now.
1: It's very Jack. Yeah, he he was really ridiculous. You know, he we didn't get to watch some star-heavy episodes, so he didn't get to see her zap, you know, narwhal blast and other things that he would be all over. Like, I I know that Jack would pretend to shoot narwhals out of his hands and I I could see him being like star versus, you know, star as for Halloween or something. A hundred percent. I mean he could he could be Marco. I mean he already has like the the birthmark on the correct side. <laughs> yes. So I feel like Jack and this is this is not
0: uh a read. I feel like Jack could be more into like being Princess Tardina. Um just because the concept is so ridiculous that he would be, he would find it endlessly hilarious.
1: Yeah, what is up with that? I, I caught that in the final episode of season three that there was a princess that was Marco.
0: I think that's in season not, one. It's when they go to the the school for wayward princesses and Marco okay. disguises himself as a princess and then starts a revolution. Yes. There's this yes. recurring theme about people looking up to him and he doesn't want to be like this icon for them. But then what's her face, Lucille Bluth, um, Meteora. <laughs> um, also like hates Princess Tordina and is like putting together that Marco and Princess Tordina are the same person. <laughs> anyway,
1: he becomes a princess. Sometimes he has a wig. Okay. Okay. It, it's just been a while. And so, <laughs> some like deep th- cross-dressing mythology for you to get back into. I think I've missed this. I think I've missed this. Not that I um, didn't enjoy it, um, and I also missed some of the stuff with um, Kelly. Now, yeah, it's a new love interest slash best friend-ish kind of thing they have going on.
0: I can't recount in detail what all happened there in the past, but they're she's been in it for a hot minute. Okay. Kind of in the background. Then they were dating at one point and then I think they're not dating, but now they're like not, not
1: dating. Wow. I just described
0: yeah. that like a middle schooler.
1: <laughs> That's where we are. Um, and, and their breakup buddies, which I think is one of the coolest things.
0: Uh, yeah. A plus concept. Good job. Um, it's such a realistic concept to have. It's just they're breakup buddies. Like, they're going through breakups next to each other. And they're buddies in that. And they get to kiss.
1: They're not Sounds together. About right. Yeah. We don't have to call it anything or be together. We could just be the support and, you know, emotional thing that the other person needs at this point. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And the fact that this show has that, I mean, yes, granted there's fight with an alien race who is made up of hair and there's like hair, um, jujitsu essentially, um, that they take part in was like, this is getting really ridiculous and outlandish, but what Marco's going through emotionally and what Kelly's going through emotionally just it makes sense and that's what i stay grounded in like oh i get it that's that's relatable that was i've been there <laughs> in not not totally there but i've been there yeah Marco. so yeah there's i've missed a lot And Tom? They're friends with Tom now?
0: I think that Tom is a nice arc. I like Tom.
1: I I mean, I love the character, but I'm glad he's not a villain.
0: Yeah, I think there's potential early on for him to be like a recurring villain. And emotionally, isn't he kind of?
1: I mean, he kind of is. (laughs) I don't know exactly what he's after or exactly what he's doing. I don't trust him. I but, think he wants to be with Star. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, you can't always completely let go of that if it's, you know, a good relationship. Some there's some point of, yes, I'm still OK with that. Um, What's the word? Not Rationally, I rationally understand and that you guys are together now, but that doesn't mean that emotionally I'm not still trying to to be with this person. Yeah. Hmm. Drama. Drama. I love it. I know. I love it. I I really can't wait to restart the whole thing with Jack so I can just watch everything. (laughs) Yeah. Let's see what I've missed. Catch up, refresh yourself. I I do also enjoy um as confusing and disorienting as this season has been for me being away from it, that the um the experience of the Mumans, the mm. uh the miserable townspeople has been super interesting to be able to tackle that people hate Star for what she's done and are in various forms of suffering because of it. And I just, I I don't know if it sounds um, bad to say that I enjoy their suffering, but (laughs) I, I think it works.
0: I think we're watching them grow a little bit. I'm not positive where the storyline is going, but I'm hoping it's growing. I'm hoping that they're growing.
1: Yeah. Especially that one family that we see. What are... what? I can't remember their names. Like, the Mullaney's or something. Like, really, really random. Like, the John DiMaggio high-voiced father figure um, who get kicked out of their home that was a monster house. Um they're climbing this terrible stairs, that giant stairs to get to their house. And they're like, No, this is, there's a monster living there now. It's like, No, this was my house. And now it's been restored by Queen Eclipsa. This is my, this is our house. So goodbye. Didn't you notice that everything was monster sized? Like, why, why did you live here? It's like, even the sink, like, you mean the swimming pool? <laughs> it's just really ridiculous. And now they're out of, out of their home and bothering former Queen Moon, which I don't know what happened with her because the first episode of season, was it the first episode of season four or the last episode of season three where Star and she were lost in a dimension and forgetting who they were. I think that was the end of season three. So what had happened was, um,
0: long story short, Eclipse is a queen from the past. She was crystallized, and then they, like, uncrystallized her. So basically, because she's the oldest one, she's the rightful reigning queen. Also, something, something, children were switched at some point. So her daughter is actually Meteora, who's also the head of the school for
1: Wayward Princesses slash Lucille Bluth. But now that character's a baby. That's the baby. Yeah, I I caught that. Okay. I rewatched, I saw the her become a baby again. And then Queen Moon essentially was this trade-out
0: fake baby that they put in power at some point. They're not actually part of the royal family. They've just been ruling for a while.
1: Really? Plot heavy. <laughs> and then there were pie people. Uh yes. I don't okay. know where that came from. That's just like you do, the pie people. The pie, ever. That was really funny though. I really <laughs> enjoyed the pie people episodes. Yeah. I don't know why. It felt like being on the internet.
0: <laughs>
1: the,
0: could, I'm sorry. Could you explain what you mean by that? Because the pie people are like trying to take your money and scam you out of things. It just felt like checking email or like pop-up ads and things like that. It just felt like being on the internet. Yeah. The
1: pie people always okay, want your I can data. See that. It's never a good deal, and they're always pretending to be something they're not, like a monkey with a birthmark. Yes, and still, but all they really want is your wallet, and then it looks like they're helping you, but they're after your wallet again. Oh, that monkey, monkey! <laughs> Just Marcos. Like, why, monkey?
0: You trusted the monkey. That's why.
1: Yeah, you trusted them. You, you put your faith in in the wrong monkey. And then, I guess, the other question that I have, the big question is, where are we headed? You know, what, what's, what do we think the end game, to borrow f- you know, from the Avengers, is uh, what is the end game for this? What's the final Man. force of evil that Star is going to have to go up against? I think the forces of evil are the friends we made along the way. <laughs> i think
0: that's literally what the show is about though <laughs> like the people you thought were evil you got to befriend but also like we're all evil inside uh, so things that are wrapped up at this point that i feel like are gonna get addressed somehow um there's the whole humans versus monsters like racism thing um yeah. there's glob gore Eclipses frozen monster husband.
1: Uh, Chekhov's Globgor. Chekhov's Globgor. you can't show a, you know, a monster frozen and not expect that at some point he will not be frozen anymore. Yeah. So Globgor is going to Globgor it up. Yeah.
0: There's something going on there. Um I think there's some kind of Glossary thing happening, which may or may not be related to like a toffee thing happening. If you remember, Toffee, no, he's the reptile, he was missing a finger at one point. No, okay, you missed a lot of Toffee stuff. There's a lot of Toffee, the, okay. Toffee's the one that feels like truly irredeemably evil in the show. Okay, um, there's something happening with Ludo. And then, of course, there's the emotional like, will they or won't they? Star and Marco-ness of it all. But now they... Starco, as they say on Reddit.
1: (laughs) But isn't Starco never going to happen now? I don't know. I think that's the open question of that episode. After the 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 Severing Stone? Yeah. Yeah. Did they fall in love because of the Blood Moon Ball? Or were they already in love? And does the Severing Stone work no matter why it was done Mm -hmm. is it just the curse that it's removed or is it just you are severed and could they just fall in love again yeah so many questions i
0: know i'm totally fine with them not falling in love by the way totally okay oh yeah yeah, yeah, they're basically brother and sister (laughs) right right if they
1: do fall in love that's cute too i mean it it, I, I th- I'm having trouble forming the sentence that I want to say. Um, I don't think that the success of the show is built on the, the relationship between Star and Marco. And so I don't think that that necessarily has to be resolved. It's, if that's a cliffhanger that's left, you know, are they going to be together? That's fine if it's never addressed again, that's fine because it's not about that relationship. It's star and something else. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not star and Marco get together. It's star versus the forces of evil. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to, you know, necessarily kill star because, you know, we have the, uh, what, what was it? The, uh, the final episode titles? Oh, I haven't looked at them. I don't wanna know. <laughs>
0: you don't wanna know? I don't okay. wanna know. But I presume because like no one really dies in the show. I don't think that anyone's gonna die. Not even Globgore? No. I think they're gonna they're gonna take the Steven Universe approach. Or wander over yonder. Like everyone's a friend you haven't met yet.
1: Really? Oh, that's an interesting title.
0: <laughs> You're just gonna sit there and read them <laughs> during the podcast <laughs> and comment about how interesting they are? Mm. <laughs> Ooh, are you sure you don't want
1: to know? The monkey's no. paws right here. <laughs> oh wait a minute. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Not allowed to do that. I'm sorry. I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to. Let's just say that episode 72A. <laughs> I don't even know really what that really interesting. Means in <laughs> you know, there's the A and the B episodes. because well, I mean, yes, Some of them are 11 minutes. And so. But it's like 72. overall
0: 72. So like, I don't know what that means in terms of season four. Don't tell me. Uh, I just know it's coming at some point.
1: <laughs> it's just a really interesting title for for other thematic reasons because it harkens back to something that we thought already happened. <laughs> oh, can't wait. Um, anyway, I, was, I, I, I had read them once because um, Darren Nefsey posted them on Twitter like here are the here are the upcoming episodes and the dates and so the uh, finale will air on May 19th It's coming up so fast
0: and yet you not know, fast enough
1: I know I just keep keep going through them keep keep watching them I just the everything about the show is I still recognize who Star and Marco are, even though the situations that they find themselves in are so changed. And I'm not saying that they're the same people because they've been changed emotionally too, but there's something fundamental about them. That's still the same. And it's nice to, to have that like Marco is still Marco and Star is still Star, but they're not unchanged, if that makes sense. I don't know how how to explain that. They have
0: grown up and matured and they've, I think, learned new things along the way as well. Um, Star could use magic without her wand. She discovered she had the power in her all along. Uh,
1: Marco has his dragon cycle nachos. (laughs) (laughs) And he had his sword El Chapo. Yeah, I love that
0: Marco's Spanish is so bad he just names the sword El Chapo.
1: Chapo. Oh, Chapo. Yeah, because he chops. Chapo. Not like El Chapo, the drug oh. mother. Oh, it's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's so dumb but and good. But isn't that what everything Star vs. the Force of Evil is? It's like so dumb and obvious it makes you laugh and it's so good and ridiculous.
1: <laughs> I wasn't even thinking of Chapo. <laughs> like Chapo. Oh, my God. That's funny. That is so funny. It's, it's the funny that I'm, I don't even, I can't even laugh at how funny it is. That's so bad. All right. Good night, everybody. I'm just done. I I just finished me off. So what are, I guess we're talking.
0: What, what do you think might or might not happen? Or
1: do you hope will or won't happen? Oh, geez. I don't think I have any hopes <laughs> that sounds so wrong. Um, like I don't have any specific things that I'm like, Oh, I hope that they show this or this or that. I really, I just, my big hope is that the story gets tied up in a, in a really fun way. I'm yeah. not looking for anything other than that. Um, um, I'm excited to see more of the characters come together and I'm I'm looking to, I would love to see a happy ending for star, whatever that means. Um, I hope that the story is complete. I don't, I'm I, I usually love, um, as we talked about in our, our earlier episodes, type B cliffhangers where, you complete the story and then, oh, here's a hint of something else that the world goes on. But I feel like a type C cliffhanger is what I really want out of this, which is an emotional cliffhanger where hmm. we tie up the story and we don't know where we're going to go emotionally. Not necessarily a plot thing that comes in like, oh, no, now Ludo's back or, oh, no, yeah. something else happened. Like I it'll be ambiguous. Have... Right. Okay. I would rather have like an emotional cliffhanger. We don't know what star is going to do or say, or what's next for her, but we know it's going to be okay. She's had a lot of big changes in her life. So yeah, I'd agree. But I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. Do you have any, um, hope stuff? Uh, no, not anything beyond
0: what I, I listed, I think. I, that I hope gets wrapped up at some point. Um, I think it's going to be a fun journey along the way. Um, I want to figure out what Glosseric's deal is. Why is he part, like, the... <sighs> what is Glosseric? He's like, if you mix Docker, Dr. Frankenfurter with Robin Williams' genie. And the Great Kazoo. Yes. From Flintstones. All
1: those things together. That's Gloucester. I just want to know what his deal is. Yeah. I don't know what his angle is. Yeah. And I feel like there is an angle. Yeah. But it's a good angle,
0: I think, ambiguously.
1: Yeah. For the, for the better. It's working for the better. But whether it's working for good. Yeah. <laughs> um you had a note about like some original stuff from like the very beginning of this show like when it was being pitched
0: oh yeah i was reading about darren uh recounting how she was pitching the show and i thought it was interesting it's necessarily like relevant to anything uh but in the long 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 process of pitching which she details um the original concept was that star's magic was make believe. She was just like a regular human girl who thought she had magical powers. Mm. Which I really like that concept, but basically she got called him to a pitch and said, like, you don't need to do a deck, you don't need your do deck. It's fine. it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And then um, whoever was having her come in just basically said like, what if her magic was real? Can you talk about that tomorrow? <laughs> and then she had to go in and do that? Yeah. And it sounds like it didn't go amazingly the first time, um, but it worked out. And I like that in the original concept that Star was Sailor Moon. She was the kid who like was really into Sailor Moon in the 90s. And that Marco was more like a frenemy who was really into Dragon Ball Z. I like the relationship they have together now and how that is. Um, but I like that some of the Dragon Ball Z stuff kind of stayed in it also. He's very like, what does he do, judo? Yes. Yeah.
1: Hmm. I, I hadn't seen that side of things. Maybe because I'm not a Dragon Ball Z person. I wasn't either, but it, it just seems like he has all the hallmarks of like,
0: I'm an American, like high school boy, look at me. I have a dragon
1: cycle and I am in judo. But also I I like that he's, you know, biracial. Yeah. And doesn't and that they don't have to say that or talk about that. And other than his Spanish is bad. Yeah. Which I totally relate to. (laughs) Do you know any Spanish? Yes, I know some Spanish. Listen, I can understand a lot of Spanish. I just don't have the words always to be able to respond to the Spanish that I've understood that has been spoken to me. There we go. And there's no obligation for you to know any or respond in Spanish. I mean, my my grandma used to talk to me in Spanish and I would speak to her in English uh, because I could understand her. And I just didn't know enough vocabulary to say what I wanted to say. (laughs) But I knew what she was asking me. There we go. So I don't know if that makes me better or worse than Marco Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to compare yourself to Marco Diaz. Oh, I understand. I know. I compare myself to other people anyway. But so Marco, um, I, I hope that Marco's happy at the end of all of this. I know he won't be dead, but I'm hoping yeah. that he's that he's I, I hope he's happy. I don't know what's gonna happen there. I feel like they're setting up him and Kelly. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I want out of that.
0: Like go Western mythology, like regular average human has
1: entered the world of magic and then leaves it forever. I feel like that wouldn't be right for the show, though. I know. Like, I don't feel like the the show would want, want that. I don't want it. I don't want it either. That sounds awful. Yeah. I'm I'm depressed that you even brought it up. <laughs> Sorry, happy things. I hope there's more spider with a top hat. There we go. There's a happy thing. <laughs> more cornball. Can you do you want to say a little bit more about cornball? I know you hinted at it
0: a little bit, but I just think it's such a great episode. So, the spoilers version of cornball is um Star has tracked down their old friend, Bufffrog, who's um, been somewhere off-hiding because he left uh, Muni because he didn't want to be with Queen Eclipsa because the Mumens and everything was so essentially racially tense, and he didn't feel welcome. And he left. And Star knows that he loves the sport of cornball, so he invites, or she invites uh, Bufffrog to come back to Muni for a cornball event, to watch this whole sporting event and watch it happen because it's the first unified Monsters and humans playing together cornball.
1: Integrated.
0: Integrated. And essentially, in the course of getting ready for the game, uh, the monsters and humans self segregate into separate teams to play against each other. And then even the crowd starts arguing about who's better at cornball, who invented cornball, and everything's going terrible. And in the midst of this, is this B plot of like the children of everyone running off to play a game of cornball because they're bored by this fake game that's not happening. So essentially, everyone leaves. Marco's confused, winds up being announcer, sees the fake game, starts announcing All the parents go over and see the kids playing together in an integrated game of cornball and having a great time. Everyone's cheering them on and cheering each other's kids on. It's this great moment. And that's kind of like where the, the episode's setting you up for it to end. But essentially, the game ends. The kids do the good game on their own. They have a good time. They want to play again. And all the parents immediately start arguing again.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is most real yeah
0: but buff frog has the turning point of like our generation it's garbage (laughs) but the kids they might be all right you've convinced me i'll come back
1: which is one thing why i i've been enjoying writing plays for young audiences and families is i think adults have made up their minds about so much stuff why bother they're lost causes let's work with the children in some ways that's fair I'm not but it's like you know let's let's ask the kids the questions and see and get them thinking and if we get them asking things early on and I just like that message of it, it was something that has been on my mind recently anyway and then for them to say like yeah we're this is garbage, but hopefully there's hope with the kids yeah. It was a nice message of, like, you can't solve this quickly. Right. It's going to take generations. Yeah. To but solve. It's, it's not a problem as long as we support our kids. So is it going to be a future? No, it won't be a future jump. That's silly. They might. It might be, like, a very end of the last
0: episode. Like, look at this in the future.
1: Hmm. Very interested. Hmm. So that's my favorite
0: episode so far of the season.
1: Yeah? Yeah. I It was a good one. I, I liked the storytelling of it. Um, I did enjoy Marco and Kelly off together. Um, battling things on her world. <laughs> and because of the emotional stuff that happened. I also really enjoyed the Curse of the Blood Moon. Where um, Tom's grandfather like that whole ridiculousness <laughs> but in the end it's really about somebody trying to get over a breakup yeah but like the ridiculousness of this vampire-esque grandfather like Nosferatu flying demon guy just clutching Marco and dragging him places just... <laughs> <laughs> it's just ridiculous um i and i think that just sent is the whole thing about it. Like that just, that's everything about the show in that one episode. It just condenses everything. Like here's this really, but it's also not only is it taking the really human emotion side of things um, and keeping that real, but it also activates it in a really ridiculous way about the cereal marshmallows. Like that's, really ridiculous and the fact that he still has the bowl is a wonderfully cartoony thing throughout like it's only something that could happen in a cartoon where he pulls out from his hoodie this bowl with these marshmallows still in his hoodie pocket Like it's just ridiculous but as ridiculous as that gets it's the 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 heart of it is so it's true it's like the stupidest things that activate that Emotion. It's that oddly specific thing that makes you like really endeared to a person. You just clutch
0: onto like that really, really specific moment. (laughs)
1: It's like, and it's so
0: disgusting too. Like, for the viewer watching it, you're like, with Marco, like, why are you
1: into this? She spit out a marshmallow. I know from the moment the marshmallow leaves her mouth, I'm like, this is disgusting.
0: (laughs) I know. It's like
1: the perfect writing. (laughs) I don't have anything to do with that marshmallow. <laughs> but then
0: I under- we can believe as viewers, like, you are cursed because you're into this marshmallow for some
1: reason and no
0: one else in on the face of Earth would be.
1: However, I do understand the, oh, but this is her, like, this is the thing and, oh, like, there is that random staring at something that is obviously meaningless and just seeing meaning in it because of the relationship that you have with that person. Yeah. Like that's, that's really real. Yeah. Oh, so good.
0: So do you have an individual favorite thing or have you just named like 15 favorite things?
1: I know I've, I've just done a (laughs) massive list of, of all of them. I think my favorite thing is is the moment it's a really quiet animated moment i know i've talked about just ridiculous things recently but i think for me it's the moment in curse of the blood moon when you see their hands while they're dancing and they just hold it a little tighter like star like holds his hand tighter it's like this feels right Mm -hmm. like just that little i'm like oh that's so That that moment is just a really sweet and real and honest and authentic moment. Mm -hmm. And it's really just artfully drawn, too. Yeah. What about for you? Do you have a very specific favorite thing so far? Mine is way more ridiculous. Okay. Uh,
0: I think the beginning of the season when they think they found Queen Moon, but turns out to be an actor, Eric... And Marco pulls off the wig and sees, you have a gift. This is the most flawless contouring I've ever seen. And they just start trading makeup (laughs) tricks. And first of all, I appreciate that they're just so open about that. Um, Second of all, I have seen enough RuPaul's Drag Race now that I can understand that flawless contouring is hard to do. (laughs) And I like that it's an oddly specific thing they've latched onto with makeup, too. (sighs) <sighs> RuPaul's Drag Race read me for Star vs. The
1: Forces of Evil. Thank you, RuPaul.
0: <laughs> anyway, that's my thing. Uh, oh. Shall we talk homework time?
1: No, no, yes, yes. Okay, yes, let's do it. <laughs> for Your Homework binge watch all of Harvey Street Kids on Netflix. Seriously, watch all of it. Because next time we're gonna have Brendan Hay, the executive producer of Harvey Street Kids and several other members of the writing team of Harvey Street Kids on the show to talk to us. As always, thank you to Nigel Cotino, our engineer, and to Jacob Reed for our theme music. Let us know your favorite Star vs. the Forces of Evil moments on Twitter at WGANimated and find show notes and links to fun things on our Podbean, .podbean writersgetanimated.podbean.com. And if you're enjoying the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I don't know, just leave a review. It helps people find us. Yeah,
0: we like it when you say nice things. You could say a bean thing if you want to, I guess. We'll still be your friend.